Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the privilege to be here this morning. And we thank you for your word that gives life and hope. We thank you for Jesus Christ, our great Savior. We pray that our words, our thoughts, our acts, our meditation will be pleasing to you. I just ask that, Lord, you will guide me and direct me and help me to be able to convey the things that you want me to say. Thank you, Lord. And I pray for everyone that is here that they will be blessed and encouraged. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So I, I begin with an apology. I'm supposed to continue my message on, does anybody remember what I said last? So you probably wouldn't have noticed if I didn't apologize. I will continue. It was on uh, freedom from the past. And, um, but I thought I, I, I was prompted to take a summer break because uh, I want to have a time of worship as we look into scriptures. That's why we're going to sing in between the message. Okay? I just came back from a trip from, I went to England and I went to Scotland. And I know some people went to Scotland before me. What are the things that Scotland is known for? I did see, I did see, I did see the McDonald's shortbread and I was prompted to buy it. Yeah. Okay, McDonald's. What else? They are known for what? Sheep. This is, they are known for? Oh, the pipes. Oh, <laughs> bagpipes. Yes, that, I saw that too. What else? Castles. I, I, I saw some very sturdy, you know, kind of hefty structure. But, you know, the, I went on for work and they didn't give me time to visit the place. I'm hoping that I'll be able to go back and then extend some time so I can look around. So, we are going to speak this morning on one of the things that Scotland is known for. Fire up my PowerPoint now. Um, I want to share a few thoughts on this. Jesus, the Lamb of God. Just a few thoughts. And um, I hope you will be blessed as we share the few thoughts. Um, now, what do you know about lambs or sheep? No, there's no wrong answer, so go on. <laughs> People wonder sometimes, he has certain things in mind that they don't seem very smart. This is true. What else? Extremely gentle. What else? They just, they follow. Okay, and on and on and on and on. So they, are, they seem gentle, they seem not very smart. So I believe the word lamb that is used to describe the Lord Jesus Christ, what's that? Not very smart. I don't think lambs are. Are they? 
No. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know what I said wrong or what is funny. But, but I'm going to move on. Okay. So we're going to speak on Jesus, the Lamb of God. And I want you to think about a few things that lambs are not known for, which we will see this morning uh, prop, uh, come up. Next slide, please. Oh, I have the PowerPoint. You can tell I'm still suffering from jet lag. So this is the main theme of our message this morning. John chapter 1, verse 29. The next day, he, being John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Now I want you to know that because we are going to be speaking much on that, but more than that. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. I will try to use a few phrases from the scriptures as I speak about Jesus, the Lamb of God. When you study the Bible, you find out that the Lamb is mentioned from Genesis to Revelation. On one occasion, a man by the name Abraham didn't have any child, and when he finally got one, after being a hundred years old, and his wife very old, God on one occasion asked him to take his son. Let's read. Hopefully we can find. Come on. Ask him to take his son for a sacrifice. So now let's read together. Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a bond offering. On one of the mountains of which I will tell you. So he took his son with his, some of his servants and on the way he dropped the servant and then continued with the son Isaac. Verse 7, Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for the sacrifice? For the bond of him. Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the bond of him, my son. So the two of them walk on together. So the question that I like you to think about is where is the lamb? That's the first phrase I want to work with. 
you can imagine a teenager being carried by his uh, over 100 year old dad and they're going traveling to go and make sacrifice to the Lord and the boy looked around he saw the wood he saw the thing that he's going to use to make fire and he looked around and couldn't find the sacrifice and so he asked his father where is the lamb for the bond offering and his father said God will provide for himself notice the phrase God will provide for himself the lamb for the bond offering and God did provide for himself that's why we started with the very first verse that says behold the lamb behold the lamb so I don't think God wanted Abraham to really sacrifice his son he, want, he was testing him you know, to, you know in terms of uh, his uh, commitment and conviction to the Lord and when Abraham offered this answer, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering. I think Abraham was looking beyond Mount Moriah to Mount Calvary. Where God will provide for himself the lamb, not only for the burnt offering, but for the sin offering, for the peace offering, and for the trespass offering. So, Abraham's answer is very interesting. Because it doesn't seem to just center on the son. He believed that God will provide for himself. And we know the story that uh, Abraham wanted to tie up the boy and wanted to obey God. And God said, stop, and provided a ram. Now, we also know in Exodus that on the night before they left Egypt, on the Passover night, before the Passover event, that every house was to kill a lamb and put the blood on the doorpost. So that when the angel of death passes through the household, members, the firstborn in the household, will not be killed. So there again, we see a lamb showing up. Interesting, isn't it? So the first question I like to, or the first phrase I want you to think of is, where is the lamb? And the answer is, God will provide him for himself the lamb. So where is the lamb? Two passages tell us something about the lamb, that at least that I've put up there. Talking about the lamb, Isaiah answered. In Isaiah chapter 53 verse 7, he was oppressed and he was afflicted. Speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that is silent before its shearers. So he did not open his mouth. And we've already read the next day. John saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold the Lamb of God. 
So Jesus is the lamb that God provided for himself. Behold the lamb. Good. Now let's examine that phrase. Behold the lamb. Behold the lamb of God. Behold means take a look at the lamb. The lamb. Um, if you are a student of the Bible, you realize that proud to the Lord Jesus Christ coming on the scene, the children of Israel, God's chosen people, made sacrifices, and they sacrificed lambs as for bond offering, for sin offering, for trespass offering to the Lord. They did this. And they did this both in the temple and in the tabernacle. This was done at least once every day. Two lambs were slaughtered. So that means in a week, there were at least 14. That means in a month, there were at least um, 56 slaughtered. And in a year, 672 lambs were slaughtered. So by the time John the Baptist showed up on the scene, millions of lambs had been slaughtered for sin offering, for trespass offering. And there were also demands for special occasions where lambs were slaughtered as individuals come to make special sacrifice to the Lord. So millions had been slaughtered. So there were many lambs. And all of these lambs were slaughtered to take care of sin. But when Jesus showed up, John the Baptist made this declaration. He says, behold the lamb. Behold the lamb. This was supposed to be the last lamb, the final lamb to be, so to speak, slaughtered for sin. Now, now I want you to notice that he said, behold the lamb of God. God's lamb, that's what he said Jesus was. Not man's lamb, not one that was chosen by man. In fact, when Jesus showed up on the scene, he was rejected by his own people. In fact, he came unto his own people and they rejected him. We know that. Members of his household misunderstood him. They didn't even understand him. So he was rejected. But because it was God's lamb, it was perfect. The perfect lamb that takes away sin. In fact, so many testimonies from all angles, as you will see from scriptures. The demons looked at him and said, this is the son of God. And uh, when Pilate was being presented with the Lord Jesus Christ, he said at least three times, I find no fault in him. And uh, even the soldiers, while he was on the cross, said truly this was the son of God. 
And Judas himself that sold him said something like, I've betrayed an innocent man. So the Lord Jesus Christ as God's lamb was perfect. Perfect. And that means he could take care of sin. All the previous lambs that were sacrificed, of course men looked at them and they look okay, but probably not perfect. It couldn't be because they were in, in sinful world. But the Lord Jesus Christ as the Lamb of God was perfect. And Hebrews tells us that he was holy, harmless, and undefiled. And First Peter tells us that he was without spot or blemish. So he was God's perfect lamb that was sent to be sacrificed. Again, behold the lamb. So let's examine the lamb. He says, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He takes away the sin. We are told in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 4 that it was impossible. Impossible. That's the word used. For the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. They merely covered sin, but they did not take it away. And, and so, other lambs, whatever they were, they covered sin. And I don't believe that a lamb voluntarily volunteered to be killed. No lamb in his right mind, if they have mind, <laughs> volunteered to be killed. They were dragged and they were slaughtered. But the Lord Jesus Christ willingly offered himself for our sin. And the sin of the world, that means all people. All people. When the ram died, he died for Isaac. When the lambs were killed in Egypt, they were killed for a household. But when the Lord Jesus Christ died, he died for the sin of the world. That means everyone is included. Whether you are rich or you are poor, whether you are black or you are white or pink, whether you are a child or an adult, it doesn't matter. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Everyone is included. And that's a good thing. And so friends, the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ came to die for the sin of the world so that the sin problem will be solved once and for all is a great reason to praise him. It's a wonderful reason to praise him. And um, My prayer is that if you are a believer, that you will never lose the joy of your salvation. The joy of knowing that your sins are forgiven because the Lamb of God died for you. 
and that you will never lose sight of these great blessings. Behold the Lamb. One Lamb, God's Lamb, Lamb who takes away the sin, not just cover it, and Lamb who takes away the sin of the whole world. Everyone is included. No one is excluded to partake in this. And so that takes me. Come on. To our first sin. We are going to sin. Like I said, you know, we are going to keep it simple, keep it easy. And so pay attention to the words of this song. Man of sorrows, Lamb of God. And just sing it from your heart, not just from your lips. And sing it as an offering of praise to the Lord Jesus Christ. Standing as you are able, let's sing together, Man of sorrows. Where is the Lamb? And was answered by John the Baptist, Behold the Lamb. But there is something else that is being done in heaven and that will continue to be done. I need it. There is a worship going on in heaven now and that will continue to go on throughout all eternity. Now, one of the nice things about having the scriptures here is that you can read and see what it's saying. And so the cry of the worship in heaven is worthy is the lamb. Now let's read. John writes in Revelation, the last book of the Bible. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne. And the living creatures and the elders and the numbers of them was myriads of myriads. I don't like myriads. I asked my wife, what does myriads mean? She said, many. So I went to the New Living Translation. It says millions and millions. And then the Old King James says thousands upon thousands upon thousands. All right. So that's uh, myriad and thousands. So, and saying with a loud voice, we don't like to be loud. But in heaven, they are saying with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb. That was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessings. I have a feeling that John ran out of words to describe what he's seen. The praise and the worship that the Lord Jesus was receiving in heaven, he ran out of words to describe it. And then he asked this, and every created thing, every created thing, every means what? Every. Which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them I heard saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb 
be blessings and honor and glory and dominion for how long? Forever and ever. Remember the lamb? Really weak, huh? Yet, everything in heaven is declaring the worth of the lamb. The Lord Jesus Christ deserves to be praised. And even if we choose not to praise him, the angels are doing that. Every living thing will, because this is a glimpse into the worship of heaven. And so, friends, where is the lamb? Behold the lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. Worthy is the lamb, is what comes out of the mouth of the saved ones. And so we are going to sing Revelation song. There's something else that we need to know about this lamb. And this is a contradiction. When Jesus Christ showed up the first time, he showed up in weakness, humility, was beaten, was mocked, was scourged, and he died for our sins. But I'd like you to read this verse with me to see what happens when he opens the seals and shows up the next time. Then the kings of the earth and the great men and the commanders and the rich and the strong and every slave and free man. Notice, the kings of the earth, the great men, the commanders, the rich and the strong the big men, the mighty and the powerful. All of them, and every slave and free man, those who have not surrendered to the Lord Jesus, hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains, and they said to the mountains and to the rocks, when kings and great men speak to mountains and the rocks, what did they say? Fall on us. And hide us from the presence of him who sits on the throne. And from the wrath of the Lamb. Judgment is coming if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why today is the day. The Lamb that was slain, the gentle Lamb that was slain, the day of his wrath. Is coming. When great men and mighty men speak to mountains and speak to rocks, hide us, help us escape the wrath of the Lamb. So I want you to understand there is a day when the wrath of the Lamb will be poured out. And that would not be a pleasant thing if you are not a child of God. So if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I plead with you that you should do it now so that you won't be 
in this group. In fact, it would be a pity if in this world you are not a king, you are not a great man or a commander, you fall in the realm of slave or average person and yet you don't know the Lord and yet you'll be screaming to the mountains and to the rocks, hide us from the wrath of the Lamb. So the day of judgment is coming when the wrath of the Lamb will be released. I'm going to make two more points and then we'll close. Next slide. There's something else you need to know about the Lamb. In Revelation 6.15 No, it's not Revelation 6. That reference is wrong. It's not 6. I believe it's probably 16. Revelation 16. It talks about the kings. Let's read together. These have one purpose, the kings, and they give their power and authority to the beast. They will wage war against the lamb. It's talking about the future. When all forces of darkness will gather to try to conquer the lamb. But notice what it says. The lamb will overcome them. Why? Because the lamb, he is lord of lords and king of kings. He cannot be conquered. He cannot be defeated. The first time he came, he came in weakness. Next time when he comes, no one will be able to conquer him. The lamb is the king of kings and the lord of lords. I'm trying to finish at 12. And I'm rushing. Friends, what I intended to do was to jog your mind so that you can go to the scriptures to read. A lot is said about the lamb. In fact, I believe in one of the references that I picked up, there were, were over 25 references talking about the lamb in the book of Revelation. One of, one of them had over 50 references. A lot is said about the lamb. Salvation to the lamb. The saints overcome by the word of their testimonies and by the blood of the lamb. The song of the lamb and the marriage of the lamb in Revelation 19. The hallelujah chapter of the Bible. I don't know if you knew that. The chapter that has hallelujah. Only one chapter in the Bible has the word hallelujah. That's that chapter. Four of them, by the way. And the marriage of the lamb, the lamb's book of life. When you talk about the book of life, where names is written, it is titled the lamb's book of life. And um, in heaven, there is no need for light or the sun and moon because the lamb is the light. There's no need for temple because the lamb himself is the temple. I was trying to wrap my mind around this. It seemed like there is no way you will go when you get to heaven that you'll escape from the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. It will be all encompassing as we worship him in the future glory. So friends, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, he took away our sins. He's worthy to be praised. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Our life is on solid foundation. And that's why the believer can say, I am more than conquerors. Nothing can defeat me because I have the Lord.
So we are going to sing our last praise to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are done. But I want you to go out praising as we sing. Don't stop just because we finished here. Keep going and praise the Lamb. So let's stand up and sing together hymn of the ages. Lord, may we never cease to praise him. May he be the joy of our lives and the hope of our lives. Thank you for him, for his willingness to die and make us God's children. Thank you, Lord, for this privilege that you've given us to look at the Lamb of God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.